Hi there, I'm Rob and this is Let's Go Digital by Neptune Software. Thanks very much for tuning in. Knowing one or two things about low code, we're really passionate about digital transformation, hence the title. In this podcast series, you'll hear lots of great stories of how IT leaders have implemented digital transformation within their organization. You'll hear the good, the bad, and all the key learnings in between that they experienced. Get ready to be inspired and embrace a digital enterprise future with us. Hi Nick, a uh, very good morning to you and thank you very much for joining episode two of Let's Go Digital by Neptune Software. Great to have you here and I'm, I'm sure uh, our listeners will certainly appreciate hearing from you today. Before we get going, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself and your company and, and what you do? Yeah, sure, Rob. Uh, Great to be here as well. So thanks for the invitation. My name's Nick Coburn. I'm the Consulting Director at Resulting. Uh, Resulting is a business-side consulting business. We specialize in ERP-enabled transformation. I guess most of that tends to relate to SAP, but not exclusively. And what what we really try to do is help our customers to maximize their investment in SAP and their overall business transformation. So the role we play is really about the the, the longer term journey and, and roadmap uh, as part of digital transformation. So yeah, typically focused on, on SAP, um, but certainly larger ERP programs. Thanks, Nick. And so when, when you look at sort of the typical landscape, you know, technology landscape of your clients, the large majority of them are using sort of SAP as their, as their core ERP, and then potentially lots of other other technologies as, as well to support their business or, or do you have uh, quite a wide range in terms of what people are using? It's, it's primarily SAP that's really our, our heritage but not necessarily exclusively uh, we, we do work with other ERP solutions but, but really for us it's driven from a from a business perspective first and from a I guess really from from a process perspective first and foremost before we really get to the technology but usually where things are right now is there's a huge number of SAP customers who've been on previous versions of SAP for many, many years now, could be 15, 20 years. And there's a big push from SAP themselves to put them onto essentially the new version of, of SAP, which is S4 HANA. So that's driving some significant decisions that business need to make around uh, when to move, when to do that migration. And is that really a platform for a wider digital transformation? So although it's SAP at the core largely, of course, we're looking at everything that may be impacted across integrated business processes. So the core SAP components, but a whole series of integrated applications as well. Yeah, okay. So it brings me on to my next question, you know, around how your clients' digital transformation journeys start. One of the things that you've picked up on there is about, well, well actually sometimes you know, if they're using SAP and there's a new version, they need to move. That might actually drive that journey. Um, what other things have you seen may drive a digital transformation journey? I think there's been a shift recently, certainly in the SAP space. If I wind back a few years ago, when S4 HANA first came onto the horizon, it was largely seen as a, or SAP themselves pitched it almost as a technical upgrade, as a technical migration. The reality is, there are some significant differences in, in S4 from a business process perspective. So what we've seen over recent years is organizations using this as the, the opportunity to 
to really think about the way that the business may need to change. So are we really driving a, a significant business transformation on the back of it, or is it a high degree of, of change, for example? And actually, one of our customers the other day used a, a, a really good phrase, which was, uh, is, this, is this reformation or is it transformation? So there could be a whole range of reasons for uh, driving a, a digital transformation journey. And ultimately, it's, it's who decides. And I, I think now we're starting to see business strategy and overall direction of the business driving the, the decisions that the, the technology part of the business needs to make. And that's probably switched around, certainly in the SAP space compared to five or six years ago. Yeah, so business driving more of the initiatives. It was something that was picked on in our last episode, actually, where the role of IT seems to be changing. It, it's a bit less about, you know, keeping lights on, although it's always important, but it's how do we support an improvement in business process to achieve, you know, the corporate goals. Um, one of the things that you picked up on there, I'm, I'm quite interested in exploring a bit further, was you mentioned the challenge in terms of trying to understand, you know, what they've got now compared to what they might be getting and how they understand what they might need to do when they upgrade. So I'm just wondering how you help your customers almost do that gap analysis to make sure that they understand, you know, when they move, what, what they have and what, what they don't. Yeah, it's a really good point, actually. And often what's driving these types of transformation is an opportunity to, to standardise, to, to do things differently mm. across the business, to drive some efficiencies into business process. Often as well, right now, we see significant changes to operating models. So if we're going to drive a high degree of standardization in processes, that may well be a precursor to moving to some form of shared services. And actually, these days, that can often be the precursor to going straight to some form of process automation. But the key there is really understanding what's the scope of, of the processes that are going to be impacted. And that's really where we begin the journey with our customer. So we essentially start, and we're quite technology agnostic in the beginning, it's really making sure that we're clear on the, the process scope, understanding where there's opportunity to standardize. So how do we know if processes are complex? And if they are complex, and we're moving to a new version of SAP, for example, how is that process complexity going to be dealt with in SAP? You often hear this term these days around fit to standard. Organizations moving to S4 are saying, well, we previously had quite complex processes that we've customized, and now we want to go standard. But how do you determine that? And really, the, the key aspect of that is determining which of your processes are, are standard and, and highly commoditized, and you would expect to be the same in any organization worldwide. So if you think about the, the core finance processes, you'd expect very little difference from one company to the next, and they're not really driving competitive advantage. They're highly commoditized processes, and what you get from SAP, you really should be able to drive fit to standard. But where you do have your processes, which are key differentiators, they might be driving competitive advantage in, in the top line, in the way that you engage with your customers, for example, or they may well be driving bottom line advantage, so significant cost reduction, so making sure that you've got well-honed supply chain processes and procurement processes that mean you can take a lot of, lot of cost out of the way that you run the business. But you actually have to understand the process scope first and then begin to categorize and classify those processes. And if you do that up front and you take that into the discovery phase of your digital transformation, you've built a solid foundation for the future. So that's really where, where we begin. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot to un unpack there. I mean, 
I guess there's two things to think about here. There's, there's what you called, uh, you know, when we look at a business, we've got commoditized business processes, which you know, should be uh, relatively static, um, you know, uh, irrespective of, of what type of company you are. And, and perhaps those processes are the ones that businesses in a migration should be targeting to, to go standard. But of course, you still need to do that analysis of actually what makes that organization unique. And if it is adding value, then there might be a reason perhaps to make sure that either it's in the product that they're moving to or upgrading to, or if it's not, that provisions have been made to help them retain that advantage. The, the one comment which I just wanted to dig a little bit more into is this concept of automation. We're hearing it you know, a lot, especially when it comes to things like financial closing, expenses, lots of other examples in the manufacturing sector as well, um, but also shared services. And I just wondered, I think the business case for automating processes is, is quite clear. What have you seen to be the business case in terms of moving to a shared service model at the enterprise level? I think that's changed quite significantly, actually, Rob, over the, the last few years. What we saw a few years ago was if you take finance, which I guess finance and HR processes were, were really the leaders in moving to shared services. Um, the view was that you maybe moved to shared services first and then you started to drive that continuous improvement in your process and really drive the standardization through the way that shared services was operating. Then once you'd taken that step and your processes were really, really standard, then you could start to look to move to automation. So some organizations used shared services as almost the, uh, the transition to, to RPA. What we're seeing right now is that many organizations are thinking about moving straight to, to some form of automation without necessarily going to, to shared services. So if you think about the, the classic accounts payable process and, and processing invoices, for example, there's lots of opportunity there for a very, very high degree of automation that, that really doesn't need any form of touch point from within the core business or from, from shared services. So I think the way that RPA is really, I guess, advanced over recent years, that's probably negating the need for shared services where that existed maybe three or four years ago. So that's been quite a, an interesting dynamic. But again, you know, the core there is really understanding we're talking about technology, but but actually it's about having that in-depth understanding of a process and process integration. And that's really the core of most transformations that we see these days. It's it's very much process first with technology as the enabler. What's the roadmap and the strategy that the business is trying to achieve and, and how is the technology going to, to service that? Yeah, technology is a, as an enabler. Great term. Um, I mean, I've been involved with multiple customers in terms of implementing uh, solutions of lots of different kinds and the technology isn't the silver bullet you know it, it all has to come together you know the technology supports an objective but that objective must be clear and we hear a lot of potentially businesses having unsuccessful implementations it's not because of the technology it's usually because perhaps there's not that level of support or a clear idea of, of what the company is trying to achieve so you know, we've, we've spoke a little bit there about automization of processes, streamlining business processes to improve efficiency. Have there been sort of any other, I guess, you know, key objectives you can think of that your customers are, are trying to achieve apart from perhaps just sort of, I guess, cost reduction? Often it's not necessarily about cost reduction. I think inevitably when you look at a business case and a benefits case, clearly you're looking at opportunities to, to take cost out of the business. But 
you're also looking at opportunity to to drive efficiency. And that's that point we were just referring to earlier around looking at top line competitive advantage. So mm. if we can streamline these processes, can we service our customers more effectively? Can we get product to market more quickly? Can we go through a product development cycle more quickly? That's not necessarily about cost reduction. It's potentially about being more agile in the way that you engage with customers. Therefore, it's about keeping hold of those customers. Um, it's a very competitive marketplace, regardless of which industry you're in. So it's important that the technology can enable most businesses to respond to, to customer needs. If you, if you think about just the challenges over the last 18 months with the pandemic, it's forced a number of companies to totally rethink the way that they engage with customers. We're dealing with one or two customers right now who are retailers, web-based retailers, where they've been through a huge amount of growth over the last 18 months. And that's causing them to totally rethink the business strategy, but they also have to rethink the technology strategy to support that. One of the, I guess, the key questions that we usually ask as well, and, and what we often see at the beginning of programs, is really understanding where you are and what you have before you embark on these types of transformation program. Many people go through transformation or many organizations on a, I guess it's, it should be a fairly infrequent basis, fortunately. Uh, it's almost a you know once in a career generation. So maybe every 10, 15 or 20 years, you'll be going through some significant transformation. But that means that there's a huge amount of information that's been gathered um, in the period that's gone before. So how do you know where you're, you're really up to? So a lot of the work that we do is about preparing the roadmap, but really understanding where we're starting from. So do we really have a good handle on all of the applications that we have out there? and how those applications are enabling business processes today. Are we really clear on where the integration points are and where the data is flowing through those applications? Because it's really important that we understand that before we go into actually the design phase for transformation and understand where the significant impact's going to be. So we've actually built an application which helps bring all of that information together and can really be used as a, effectively, we've started to call this a, a living blueprint for transformation. So rather than creating all of this data and putting it into documentation that never sees the light of day once the program's finished, you have now actually have a tool which you can continue to model the ongoing transformation. Because clearly, transformation only really begins once you first go live. That's a program effectively you know, ends once you've gone through a technical go live. But that's just the beginning of a transformation journey. And that's where the importance of the operating model and the approach to adoption really start to become hugely important. That's just the beginning of the journey. And if you're really serious about driving benefit and value from your transformation, you have to have a laser-like focus on, on adoption and the operating model that you're going to have in place going forward that's going to continue to, to drive the efficiencies and drive the standardization. One of the challenges that many organizations face is using technology as a driver, but are you actually going to put the technology in first and use that as the foundation to move to new processes and new operating models? Or are you going to try and do that in parallel? And how are you going to bring those two aspects of the program together where there are some significant and very complex interdependencies across those different work streams? Uh, there's no right or wrong answer, but actually having a very, very clearly defined approach before you begin is absolutely crucial. It's not something you can, you really want to change part of the way through. But there are a number of different factors to ensuring that your program's successful. 
Uh, we actually prepared a report back in 2018, actually, where we surveyed a number of customers who've been through large ERP programs and significant transformation. And we spoke to them about the, the really critical success factors to enabling a successful transformation. And interestingly, number one on the list was, was adoption. And it's interesting that even today, uh, there are many, many programs where you really have to go through a process of education to say this is more than just a change management journey about preparing for the change. It's actually about having the, the, the ongoing strategy and structures in place to drive adoption. And that's ultimately what enables the, the business case and the benefits and the value to be realised. That's that's great. The report sounds really interesting. Um, if, if you're okay, uh, if any of our, our listeners want to have a copy of the report, I guess we can put those links in and, and share that report. Sure. Great, okay. So we've talked um, a lot there. It's, it's doing that proper analysis of the business before you start implementing something and i think that's really important because i think it's, it's easy to look at the latest and greatest pieces of technology and and see how they might benefit the business without necessarily looking at what you've got and that can lead to obviously well a wasting money but b just duplicating systems which down the track will introduce some um, all sorts of, of technical debt as the it infrastructures get more and more complex and and then what you've what you've then said is once you've got that plan in in place it's all about you know making sure that we have everything in place to actually deliver that successful transformation outcome and that really is all about having that clear business case in place that's communicated i guess not just at the senior level but also making sure that the people that understand the technology know why it's important to them and indeed the business are there any other sort of factors that you think deliver or play a key role in successful projects compared to perhaps projects that haven't gone so well I think the business case is a really good one that you picked up on there, Rob. Yeah. Um, you often see a, a huge focus on a business and benefits case in, in the very early days. And, you know, sometimes those benefits and business cases don't really see the light of day beyond the executive leadership group. And I appreciate that you might not always want to share lots of uh, detailed financial information. But I think certainly the benefits of a digital transformation program should be shared, should be cascaded throughout the organisation. So everybody's absolutely clear on why are we doing this? Why does it matter to the organization? Why does it matter to my part of the business? What difference is it going to make ultimately for our customers and, and actually a, a whole collaborative network of suppliers and third parties that you might deal with? So I think it's really important that there's high visibility of the, of the business case throughout the organization. Linked to that is really leadership. And again, I think many organizations do a great job in the early days of transformation programs of setting the program up for success mm. but there really needs to be strong follow-through beyond the initial kickoff there needs to be ongoing engagement from senior leadership to keep the momentum and, and ensure that the business continues to understand why it's so important and really sponsor the program throughout the life cycle of its of its journey and if you're going to have a benefits case you've got to measure success yeah probably yeah. The, the, not, not just implement and then uh, just leave it until the end <laughs> yeah, but it, unfortunately, it's still so common. E even today, you know, even with I don't know how many reports, you know, consulting firms have produced over the years around the importance of measuring success. And uh, mm. lots of organizations still don't do that particularly well. But I guess one of the key shifts we've seen is probably a, a better understanding of the importance of process ownership 
making sure there is senior accountability within the organization. Uh, now that processes are so highly integrated, it's important that somebody owns end-to-end -end process and can really set out a specific roadmap and demonstrate how that roadmap supports the transformation. And of course, that should be measurable. That should be baked into the benefits case as well. Mm. So I think with the advent of the term GPO, Global Process Owner, has been around for some time. I think now that many organizations are embracing that much more significantly. And that's making a huge difference to those large global organizations. The concept of ownership and the importance of process is absolutely fundamental to, to most transformation programs. Sure, yeah. We've got uh, one or two minutes left. I mean, you guys are, are the experts in terms of um, advising businesses on how to get the most, hopefully, out of their existing technology and future investments. So within about a, a minute, what sort of um, you know, results and, and lessons have you learned following all of these digital transformation projects? Results is a good word. It's, it's a key word for us. Our name's resulting. We, we <laughs> yeah. pride ourselves on, on getting results for our customers. And it's, it's really important as part of a transformation journey to be able to, to look back. That's why the business and benefits case is so important. And it needs to, to live through the program. It needs to be, there's, there's no harm in refreshing it and making it, you know, bringing it up to date because a transformation program can last a long time, you know, sometimes three to five years and things change during that time frame. Business strategy may well change things will be different. So I don't think the business case should stand still. So it's really important that you do reflect back at the end of a program to really check and see that you've achieved the, the objectives and outcomes that you set at the beginning. But it's important that you make that measurable, as we said earlier, with the business and benefits case and to make sure that there's, there's accountability. I think what's interesting now with, with most digital transformation programs is many organizations are a lot clearer on what this is going to bring. It isn't just about a technology swap out. Ultimately, as we described it, I guess, at the beginning of this discussion, it may well be enabling a new operating model. It may well be enabling a move to a higher degree of automation. It might well be changing the way that you engage with your customers, delivering a better customer service and getting product to market more quickly. So those things should really be obvious, but they should also be set out in the early days of the program. And then ultimately you can look back and you can demonstrate that you've achieved results because ultimately results is what it's all about. That makes perfect sense. And yeah, I guess the lessons learned is you make sure you've got a plan in place at the start, you know, make sure you're proactively measuring it during implementation and make sure you don't just put it in a, a black box at the end and, and never reflect again. So that's really important. Nick, it's been really great to speak to you today and to get the the other side of things you know episode one we were we were speaking to a customer who implements their technologies so to get your perspective as a consulting organization that allows customers to achieve that i hope it's been really useful for our listeners um we will when we publish the podcast put that link to the erp uh, report and of course if any of our listeners want to talk more to you then we can pop your details up as well but um Apart from that, Nick, just a, a really big thank you for attending the podcast. It's, uh, it's very much appreciated. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much for listening to today's episode. Follow us on social media to see what we're up to. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube as Neptune Software. 
We hope to keep inspiring you with new stories on bridging business and IT. See you next time.